exploring your passions, the things that excite you, the things that motivate you, um, the things that inspire you, you're going to bring that energy back into the relationship. Figure out what's keeping them so low on their own, but in the presence of your love. So all you need to do to hold space for them is meditate on sending them love, sending them love and sending more love. That's your only focus. Once you get your mentality and your body to relax, your partner's going to relax and the conversations are gonna be so much deeper, so much more loving. You're going to tap into places in your partner's mind that you didn't realize you weren't in. Just what is up my loves welcome back to another episode of just press foreplay i am your host Susie, and this week we are going to talk about the dreaded most favorite most hated holiday of the year valentine's day just kidding i hate valentine's day so instead we are going to talk about dating dates anniversaries and special moments so this episode is centered around things that you can do to make your partner feel special throughout the year things you can do to make your friends feel special throughout the year valentine's day is such a strange hyped up holiday centered around like what spending a bunch of money on teddy bears chocolates and flowers so that your person knows you love them i guess or so that you can feel extra lonely if you don't have a partner who does that for you, or if you're single to feel even more lonely, which fucking sucks. So I want this episode to be centered around things you can do for yourself to make yourself feel beautiful, loved, and cherished, and things you can do for your friends and your loved ones throughout the year to make yourself feel loved, make them feel loved, Um, and to just take the stigma away from this one specific day about gloating. Like, why are we gloating about the love that we have? Love should be something that's very dear to your heart. It's cherished. It's special. It doesn't need to be shown to the whole world because sometimes when you do that, you remove the special aspects and you forget about the small little things that are the most important. It's like when you focus on the material things... You lose all the essence of what the point of having that holiday is. So this is not an episode on Valentine's Day. So do not turn this episode off, I promise. It's not, not, not about Valentine's Day. Before we get into that, if you have not already, please pop over to our website, justpressforeplay.com. Make sure you like and subscribe. If you want to give us some feedback, let us know how you like the episodes. Maybe throw us some questions, things that you want answered on the show, or things that you're just curious about and want to know what our perspective is. Hop over to Reddit. That's going to be the easiest place to send us a message. You can find that tab on the top right corner of justpressforeplay.com. I have also added a gab account. I'm not very active on there, but I do post all of the album artwork. So if you just want to hop on there and look at some of the pretty artwork that I've done um, with Photoshop, not with Procreate, feel free to do so there. Um, And the Pinterest board, I definitely threw a lot of videos into the dating and anniversary tab, which is a new one for this week. So lots of content on there for you to look at. I have tutorial tutorial videos for Shibari. If you don't know what that is, we will get into it. Lots of lots of fun stuff. So go check out the Pinterest board. 
Also, the merchandise shop, we just came out with a new line of beanies that have uh, two in the pink, one in the stink icon. Those ones are super cute. If you're not a pinky player, we also have versions that do not have the pinky, so just make sure when you're ordering your beanies, if it says pinky, it's got the pinky. If it just says the icon, there's no pinky in that one. So we got new beanies, and I made a couple different sweatsuit sets out of those. So go enjoy, go have fun, share with your friends. Let's get into the episode. Now, before we get into dating, dates, and anniversaries, I want to go over a few don'ts because let's face it, if you are fucking up the first hour of meeting someone, your first impressions are coming off too strong, you're not getting a second date and you're frustrated because Valentine's coming around and you've been going on Tinder dates and all of them suck and you're wondering why and maybe you're starting to feel like it's you I don't think it's you. It could be the way that you're communicating. So let's go over some of the don'ts and then we will get into some of the things that are exciting about dating, some things that can get you inspired to want to manifest more love into your life and things you can do to make the special people in your life, be it friends, be it spouses, be it family members, things you can do to make them feel special, things you can do to lift them up a little bit when they're feeling low. So the number one thing that I have to say is a huge, huge don't when you're dating someone, when you're meeting someone new. Don't be the person who is passive. Please, please, please find the strength within yourself to be assertive with your words. Be assertive with what you like. If they ask you, hey, are you into Thai food? If you're not that into Thai food, don't be afraid to be like, no, I don't really feel Thai food, but what about this? It's so nice throwing in a... I'm not really into that, but this is what I'm into. Don't be the type of person who's constantly saying no to everything, but not offering any suggestions on your own because that can be annoying as well. But you can be assertive with what you like and chances are the other person is going to be more excited to hear about what it is that you want rather than them trying to play the guessing game of, well, do you like this food? Do you like this food? Well, what about this? When you're assertive, it, it comes off as confident and confident is super fucking sexy especially when you're meeting someone new because they're like, shit, this person knows what they like. So if they know what they like, then I can express what I like. And it removes so much of this awkward taboo around things that doesn't need to be there. First dates are always a little bit awkward. They're always a little strange. Um, Sometimes I feel like going into first dates, it's easy to take on this mentality of wanting to impress them, wanting to do things that are going to make them like you more. But I have to emphasize, going on first dates, it's your opportunity to observe their behaviors. It's your opportunity to see how they are as an individual on their own, how they treat the people that they come in contact with. It's your opportunity to pick their brain on how they would deal with certain situations, how they would handle obstacles that are thrown their way. Because face it, when you are doing all of the talking and not observing, chances are you're missing a lot of red flags that might save you down the road from wasting your time with someone. It's okay to go on a first date and only take from it a friendship. It's okay to go on a first date and be like, you know what, this person's not really for me, but I'm still going to enjoy the company for the evening. And so when you change your mindset to, I'm going to see if this is a right fit for me in an observing stance rather than from a place of, I really want to get a second date. It doesn't matter who this person is. I just want to 
bring love into my life at any cost, you're going to be bringing more pain than love. It's just how it works because you're you're centering all of your attention around being what's right for them, not finding what's right for you. So stop being the person who tells your date everything that you're expecting out of a relationship. Because when you're doing that, you're basically giving them all the cheat codes to your heart. You're telling them exactly how to manipulate you, how to do all of the things that will make you think that they are perfect for you. And to be honest, they're going to. People want to be people pleasers. If I go on a date and someone tells me all of these things they like and I'm highly attractive to their physique, subconsciously, I'm going to do all of those things so that way I can keep that body around me. It doesn't matter the personality. In fact, the rose-colored glasses are covering the personality at that point. And it's just about doing what it is that you can to make them like you more. Don't do that because then down the road, you're going to be like, shit, this person is nothing that I like except a pretty fucking piece of body. Don't do that to them. Don't do that to yourself. That's how we get in all of these jaded situations. So let their actions speak for you and then really, really hone in and listen to what their actions are telling you. Don't come at it from a judging perspective because when you're coming from a judging perspective, that can read really off and you're going to make the person feel like they can't be themselves. So if you remove judgment, replace it with observing, then you're kind of taking the emotion away from the situation and it can genuinely just be two individuals seeing how they connect. And that's how a first date should always be. Stop talking about your past. Stop talking about your past relationships. Um, If they bring it up, find a really elegant way to kind of divert it. You can say something like, that situation was in the past and I'm really happy to be moving forward. But when you get caught in the conversation of talking about exes, talking about past relationships, you are essentially telling that person what someone else has done to mistreat you and subconsciously, that other person is going to have it in their brain the level of tolerance that you'll have in a relationship. So for example, if you've been cheated on in the past and you say, oh yeah, this person completely fucked me over, slept with my sister, blah, blah, blah. The door is now open that that's an option. It's something you've already been heard on before. So what is it if it happens again? That person in their subconscious is like, oh shit, you must have a hot sister. Now look at the door that you've just opened remove that. They don't need to know all of that. Once you guys have been dating for a couple years or even six months and then that conversation comes up, fine. But it's definitely not a conversation you want to have before that time period. You need to leave those type of situations where you left that fucking individual. And also keep in mind, first dates are always going to be an illusion. It's inevitable when you first meet someone, the impressions that you have are hopefully going to be at the highest. You're representing your best self. Um, So the first date will always, always, always be an illusion. So keep that in mind and just have fun. When you're going into it with the mindset of, I just want to have a good time with this individual, you're taking away from it a good time with the individual. When you're going into it of, I'm desperately looking for the man or woman of my dreams, I want to be married, you're bleeding desperation and you're not going to get that individual coming into your life because you're going to scare them away before they even have the opportunity to ask themselves if they see you in that light. 
And then that leads me into stop asking questions about the future. Stop. Even if you've gone on five beautiful dates, asking the question of do you see a future with us, it's too soon. It brings too much pressure. And it, it again, it bleeds desperation and it removes you from the moment that you guys are having. It removes you from things growing organically and it turns it into almost this forced type of pressure because say they do see a future with you, but they also are trying to make sure that it's not just an illusion or rosy colored glasses. Once you start feeding into all of that wordplay, well, now you guys have created a bond that you don't know is fully solid or not. It's so much nicer to not put those pressures on early on and see how they organically grow on their own. And it's also more rewarding because if someone just naturally comes to you and is like, hey, we've been dating for a while and I want you to know I see a future with you, that's them taking the action to make sure that you know. When you're forcing the conversation, you're forcing the perspective. It's almost like you're manipulating their mindset around it. Um, And I know when you're on dates, it's hard to not get caught in certain type of negative thought patterns or let your mind not take over what you're subconsciously thinking. You know, like say you really, really like them and your brain is just like, oh my God, I want this to work so badly. Divert those thought patterns. If you catch yourself in the loop and not being present with the conversation, but instead being stuck in your head of where this can go. Take that moment to yourself to just take a quick breath. Re-put yourself in the date because face it, if you're if you're in your head, you're not being present and chances are you're not listening to what they're saying or hearing what they're saying. So an easy way for you to redirect all of that is to hype yourself up for a second. If you're feeling a little moment of self-doubt during the date, fucking look at the jewelry that you put on and be like, yeah, I dressed up nice today. I did my hair well today. Find something to personally compliment yourself, not out loud, just subconsciously in your mind. And it'll kind of reset you and redirect those negative thought patterns from happening. So then you can just keep reminding yourself, be present, confident about myself, present, confident about myself. And then the last don't that I want to throw out there, stop with the 30-day increments of celebrating anniversaries. Just stop. It's so great that you guys have managed to keep a solid friendship for 30 days, for 60 days, for 90 days. Cute. Even in high school, I feel like this is a bit much. It puts so much pressure on materialistic type of relationships and showboating. If you want to be in a relationship where you're showboating, go get a fucking sugar daddy. That's something you can gloat about. That's something you can be like, hey, look what Sugar Daddy did for me. Like, that's a materialistic type of relationship. When you're looking for someone that you really want to grow and bond with, celebrating these 30 days, one month, two month, three month anniversaries, for one, is kind of creepy. And if the other individual isn't really into that, it's just, it, it puts so much pressure on so many things that are unnecessary. There's other things that you guys could be focusing on. And then your feelings are going to get hurt if they don't celebrate this supposedly monumental two-month anniversary. Stop. Just stop. One-year anniversary is worth being celebrated. Two years, three years, so on, it's worth being celebrated. If you want to celebrate them in a moment just to show appreciation, fucking do it. But don't expect anything in return. 
Okay, and then last, last thing. Remember that you're not on the date to impress them. You are seeing if you like them. You are seeing how they treat you and if you like how they treat you. So when you're going into a date, set your intentions of, I want to see where this could go, but don't set the intention of, I'm going to find my, my, my significant other tonight. Remove all of those pressures. Let everything be organic and natural. It's really important for you to remember that dates need to be geared towards experiences, not impressing the other person. Yes, look bomb as fuck because that first impression that they see of you is going to be ingrained in their subconscious. Um, don't overdo it. Don't, don't dress to impress in the style that you think they would like. Dress to impress in a way where you're like, I look bomb as fuck. I love how I look. If this date goes sour, I can go walk down the block and pick up someone else because that's how fucking bomb I look and how confident I feel. That's how you should be stepping into these type of situations. And when you show up looking your best, it's not that... Because I know some people will feel like, you know, if you look your best, then they're always going to expect you to look that way. No, that's not true. Their subconscious is going to grab that very first image that they have of you, and it's going to be in their brain forever. They're always going to see you in how they felt the moment they saw you the first time. And that's what you're after. Capturing that feeling of that first glance and then letting that resonate with their subconscious. And remember, you're the one setting the tone for these dates. Don't go into a date and let them set the tone for you. No, you set your intentions beforehand with yourself. You set the tone walking in there. If you don't like how the tone is shifting, you have the power to reset the tone for yourself. Just make sure that you have that confidence. And it's also a good idea if you have someone who's close to you, letting them know that you're going on a date so that you can just use them as a little bit of a backup. So say you're feeling a little low for a moment. Say you're going to go use a restroom, call up your friend for two seconds and be like, hey, I just need a little hype up real quick because I'm starting to go down a dark rabbit hole. Have your friend amp you up. You look bomb as fuck. This outfit is so good on you. Your hair looks amazing. Like these small little things will boost you just enough to get you right back on that mental track of like, cool, I got this. This date is for me figuring out what I want. I'm not a pawn in what it is that they want. And I feel like a lot of times we go into dating situations forgetting that. And then we just kind of let it take us rather than us grabbing the reins and deciding where it goes. Embrace the power that you have in that. You do have the power to set the tone, reset the tone, and decide how it is. So embrace that. So instead of putting together an episode for you guys of all of the common things that you can do, one-year anniversary, two-year anniversary celebrations, what the fuck ever, I broke this down into three, four different categories. We got virtual dating. Because, yes, in the world of COVID, that is something that exists right now. Also, though, before COVID, it was a common thing for kids who are younger to have virtual relationships where you only communicate over video games and over FaceTime. It's a new world that we're coming into, and it's something that exists, and it's something that should be embraced, not shied away from. So we have virtual dating. We have simple moments, things that you should be doing a minimum of three times a week. If daily, if you're madly in love, some of them are very simple. Some of them are a little complex. Uh, planned events such as anniversaries, holidays, and then sporadic surprises. These are moments when you're feeling inspired, you want to surprise your significant other, you want to do something to spice things up. So let's start with virtual first. 
virtual dating is a good way to get to know someone before you're bound to meeting them in person. Because sometimes when we meet someone in person, even if we don't like them and we know our first impression is that we're not into them and it's not going to go anywhere, sometimes we get this like guilty mentality of, well, I'm just going to, you know, cater to what it is that they like and just like get through this date however I can. So by doing virtual dating first, you kind of save yourself from that awkwardness because you can get to know the person a lot before actually physically having to be in front of them. And face it, if you're on a strange internet date, you can always fake that the connection was bad and just hang up. <laughs> so the first idea that I found that I f think would be so much fun is doing different types of challenge games. You can do this over FaceTime. You can do this over Zoom. Um, what I would suggest is hopping on YouTube and finding some DIY, DIY minute to win it type of challenges. You guys can set these up in your own homes, run your challenges against each other, have your FaceTime up. It can be so much fun playing these types of games over the phone. And time is gonna fly by when you're doing things like this. And it takes off the pressure from having like that small talk conversation and instead allows all of your playful nature to come out and the natural conversation will spark because of it. You wanna be doing things like this that are conversation provoking. So you can even play games like, would you rather blah, 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 blah. You can have it be sexual would you rathers. You can have it be very innocent would you rathers. These things are just really fun to, to dive into the brain of the other person and see where their perspectives are, how they would deal with certain situations, if how they would deal with things even agree with you. I've had friends who have been married for years and then certain topics come up and it's like, wow, I had no idea that you thought that way. One example is one of my friends, a conversation was struck up about if they had children and found out that one of them was gay or in or you know whatever the wife was not into it her perspective was no like we would get them therapy and his perspective was wait what are you talking about like i would love them with all my heart regardless if that's the journey that they're going on they were given to me for to support them and so it's like you need to find these things out and have these conversations before you get too deep into a relationship. Otherwise, now you guys are married and how are you going to deal with that? Some things people don't budge their mindsets on. There's nothing wrong with that, but you just want to make sure you're partnered with the right person who they don't have to think the same way you do, but at least filters through the information the same way that you do, is able to compromise in the same way that you do. Another really cute idea, and this is something that you don't even have to do just virtually. If you guys read to each other, it's so sweet. It can be erotic. It can be a shared book. It can be just say you found some sort of short article that you want to share with them. FaceTime each other and read it to each other. These are such sweet little moments that can be had and then conversation happens from it. Cute little moments of poetry are always fun. It doesn't need to be anything extravagant. It can be small. It can be cute. You can put like Maybe you guys have a funny quote that you share, throw it over a funny picture of you two and send that to them. These are all small little romantic moments that are going to make that person feel special, but you're also not being overbearing with like, I need to text you 24-7. No, if you send someone a cute little quote that's like an inside joke between the two of you over a picture of the two of you, that other person's going to be happy for like the entirety of the day. They're probably going to be happy for like a freaking week and constantly looking at it and how cute it is. Play video games with each other over FaceTime. Classic video games are always the best because they're not overcomplicated. It's just competitive and really, really fun. 
Also, consider doing things like a newlywed-style game, but instead of newlywed, make it questions that are more playful in the way of, like, you look like you would be really good at shadowboxing. Do questions like that that you can throw at each other because virtual dating, you don't really know any anything about each other at this point. But it would be fun to play on what my first impression of you is. You look like you'd be really into anime. Really? I look like I'd be into that? Why is that? Like, these are conversations that are fun. They're thought-provoking. Or maybe something like, if I had to assume your dark fantasy, I would say you would be into blah, blah, blah. And this might also be a fun way for you to kind of test the waters on things that you like and see how they take to it. See, these type of wordplay games are going to really get you deep into their psyche on figuring them out. And that's the most fun. Get the PhD in the person that you like, and then that's how you're going to grow love with them, by studying who they are, enjoying how they think, enjoying how their mind, how their perspective works. That's what grows deep love. I have added on the Pinterest board the New York Times 36 questions to fall in love because I kept seeing it repeatedly. So I posted a few videos of it so you guys could see examples of different type of strangers throwing those questions back and forth at each other. And then I also found all of the questions for you as well. So that would be something really fun to play. Obviously, it doesn't have to be virtual. That can be something you can do with anyone, anytime. Just questions to bring you guys closer. We don't do enough of that in this world. We don't do enough asking deep questions to see where people are at. And it's so, so beautiful grabbing perspective. And then the last two really cute ideas for virtual dating. Make a grocery list together over FaceTime. Go shopping. Come back. FaceTime. Cook and eat together. Like this, this virtual world doesn't need to be something that's strange or lonely. It can be so much fun. You just have to find strange little ways to make it work. FaceTiming while you're cooking. Like if you don't know how to do something, maybe the other person knows how to do it. You guys are cooking the same meal. So chances are it'll be done at the same time. You can kind of poke fun at each other on your cooking styles, but you're not having to eat their food. So it's okay if they suck at cooking. And then you guys can kind of compare meals afterwards. Um, it, it can be as fun as you want to make it. It really can. You can turn it into something a little sexier if you guys have been dating a while. Cook naked, cook under with cook with just an apron on and no clothes under. Like seriously, you can make it so much fun if you want to. And then the last thing, send surprise dinners to each other. Have a date night where you FaceTime, but you're sending them a surprise meal and they're sending you a surprise meal. So you're kind of sitting at home anticipating, what am I going to get? What did they pick for me? And then you guys can talk about it while you're eating. It would be a lot of fun. Okay, let's get into simple moments. These ones are my favorite. I am the queen of simple moments. I... Uh, the relationship that Patrick and I have had, we haven't celebrated anniversaries. We haven't celebrated Valentine's Day. We haven't celebrated these cheesy little things, but I do small things all the time. So here's a list of some of my favorites. Moments where they're getting ready or moments that are just kind of stale and quiet. If you throw out a goddamn, you look good today and just admire them for a second, these moments hype them up so much throughout their day. And if you're doing something little like that every single day, subconsciously their heart is so tied to you because you make them feel good. You make them feel good about themselves, not expecting anything in return. And that's beautiful. It's exciting. It's, it like amplifies the love. 
listen to them when they talk. This is one of the sexiest things that someone can do. Um, If you notice a moment where they're being quiet but not really expressing to you why, don't just ask the question of what's wrong. But if you're like, hey, you're a little quiet, what's going on? Your tone is coming from a place of such compassion that they'll be more, more open to opening up to you. Chances are the first thing they say isn't going to be the most accurate thing that's actually weighing on their heart. But the more that you're in tune to listening to them, the more they're going to talk through what's actually going on. And then eventually you will get to the meat of it and figure out what it is. These moments are so significant because it makes you truly feel like you're cared for. You're cared for, you're heard. And it's simple, but it's so profound because we don't see it in our day-to-day life. We're so quick with our hustle and bustle that we're not making sure to truly check in with how people are and listen and make that eye contact and see if the words coming out of their mouth are matching the emotion in their eyes. Sunrise walks, sunset walks, um, dream building, walking, driving to a fancy neighborhood and just taking a stroll around the fancy neighborhood. Walks are so underrated. It provokes conversation, you're out getting fresh air, you're breathing, you're in nature, you're recalibrating. Go for walks more often. It's romantic. Even if it's simple, there's so much romance in just strolling with someone. If you want to take it up another notch, you can go on bike rides together. You can take a bike ride to a new town you guys have never visited before. You can take a bike ride on a scenic view and just kind of like slow bike ride. So many possibilities with this, but it gets you out in nature. It gets you active, and that's really what you want. So many of our moments we kind of, especially right now, we're caught at home watching TV. We're caught at home, you know, do you guys want to do this? Do you want to watch this? Go for a walk. Change the pace. Change the scenery. Take a fucking hammock with you. If you go on a bike ride, take a hammock, stop somewhere, relax. It's going to be such a beautiful day. Beautiful, simple day. You didn't spend money, but you're enjoying each other's company to such great depths. And you're experiencing something new. Learning a language together is another one that I found that I love. How many of you wake up in the morning and immediately grab your phone and start doing things on social media? Okay, imagine replacing that with learning a language together in the morning. And it doesn't need to be a lot of time. It can be 20, 30 minutes of waking up together and just role-playing with different words you've learned. Duolingo is an amazing app for this because they play with your pace. So if you're getting too many answers incorrect, they'll bump you back a notch until you're continuously getting the words right. So then partner that with learning the language with your partner. For one, it's fucking sexy to learn a language together. Now you have something new you're learning. And also, when you're in an environment where you maybe want to talk about something sexy but not in front of everyone, now you can in your new language. That's fucking sexy as fuck. If learning a language is not your thing, learn an instrument together. Or maybe one of you learns a language while one of you learns an instrument. Like learning something new in the presence of your partner, it builds new new canals in your brain. And when you're building new canals in your brain that are attached to this person that you love, it just makes that love so much deeper, so much more profound, 
so much more exotic, especially if you're learning languages and music. These are skills that you can take with you for your entire life. They're beautiful. They're sultry. They create moments of deep, deep romance. And they're simple. It's simple daily things that you can do. You don't have to devote so much time to it. Incorporate your partner in your skincare routines. I think a really good way to start this out is to just do it for them. Do your skincare routine or while you're in the middle of your skincare routine, call in your partner and be like, hey, I got this new moisturizer. I got this new serum. Walk them through how to use it while you're putting it on them. And it's going to create such a sweet bonding moment for you. And it works both ways. You can be a man who has a great skincare routine doing this for your partner. You can be a woman doing this with your partner. It doesn't really matter. You don't like it's not gender related, but it incorporates your partner and what it is that you're doing to take care of yourself. And then naturally, the more that you do that, they're going to start just jumping into your routine with you. And then next thing you know, you guys are having your skincare routine together at night and it's fun for you guys. You're both in the bathroom doing your skincare routines together. It provokes conversation, which is what we want. And then it also keeps your skin looking flawless so that way you guys can age like fun one together. When you're making food for your partner, take that extra moment to make the food look really pretty. Do the garnishes in a way that you haven't done before. Throw a little extra oomph on the dish so that way when you bring it to them, it's like that first moment that they saw you, that like, oh, wow, that looks good. They're naturally going to be like, yes, this is amazing. Rather than, you know, you just throw a sandwich on a plate and it's like, cool, thanks, babe. But if you do the extra little touches, they take that extra moment to appreciate it. And when they're looking at it, they're also looking at it as a reflection of you. Like, yes, this snack looks good, but that right there that brought it to me is what's really good in my heart, you know? It makes all of these small moments so much more, so much more memorable and so much more seductive. Another important thing to remember is sometimes we get caught in the loop of not wanting to do things for our partner because our partner is not doing things for us. Or say your partner's been in a funk for a while, you're assuming that it's you. Chances are it's not you. Um, so if you can embrace being the mood in your household, you're going to see things change so dramatically for the better. Be the freaking mood. Understand that them being upset is not a reflection on you. So if you can divert that energy into a positive for them, they're going to drop all of those things that are holding them down. If they come home and they're in a bad mood and you're like, fuck this, you're in a bad mood. I was going to do this for you. I was going to do this for you. You're not being the mood. You're instead playing into whatever it is that they have carried on for their day. Chances are when they come home, they don't want to bring that around you. They don't want to bring that negativity around you. But sometimes we're stuck in a funk. Sometimes we're stuck in a low place and we need help getting out of it. And that's why we have partners in life because when you're feeling low, that person steps in and holds the space for you. So be the mood first. Be the one who resets the energy in your home. Be the one who's going around just being happy and if you notice they're low, bring them, bring them a beverage, bring them something. Give them a little head massage for a few minutes, for five minutes, for ten minutes. Don't expect anything in return. You have the power to reset the tone. You have the power to pull them out of their funk. You just have to want to do it by holding space, not by hounding them for being in a bad mood. So I think head massages are always a beautiful way to just let someone feel the loving energy that you have for them. 
random touches when you're walking by, just having those small moments to small moments of affection. Small moments of affection can go such a long way for people. And when you're doing it repeatedly, when you make it the new norm in your home, you reset all that energy. So say you guys have been in a funk for a few years and you want to draw a line in the sand right now and reset that. Don't expect anything in return, but chances are you will get the return that you're looking for because what you put out is what you get back. And if you guys are already stuck in a cycle of things being stale, he doesn't do anything for me, so I'm not going to do anything for him, who's going to reset it? Be the one who resets it. Be the fucking mood. Okay, now let's get into planned events. Planned events, think anniversaries, think holidays, think... Actually, you can even remove holidays and anniversaries altogether. You can just say, hey, we've been in a funk lately. How about in two weeks on this date, let's plan on doing this. Now let me give you the list of things you can do. Sex dates are always fun. Plan, you don't have to do a hotel, but hotels are fun. But if you guys are in a rut, plan a sex date. Plan a date where you guys are just going to be exploring each other. Explore your pleasures, explore what you like, explore what you don't like, explore just touching each other, get toys, get things like feathers, things that wax, oils, things that play with sensation play. Relearn how your partner views and feels pleasure, but take it slow. You don't want the goal of a sex date to be, I'm going to make you come 27 times. That's not the goal. The goal is, I want you to feel pleasured. I want you to feel love through the energy that we build together. And that happens through slow, sultry touches. That happens through compassionate moments of conversation. Those things are going to tie you so much more than your orgasm count. Make a bucket list together. Make a dream board together. Make a fucking scrapbook together. Plan these dates where you, and it doesn't have to be huge. You can be like, hey, I noticed that we don't really have any goals. How about on Friday we get together for like an hour and decide what it is we want our life to look like in three months, what we want our life to look like in four months, five months. You know, these things don't need to be time consuming, but it lets the other person know that you give a fuck where you guys are going. You give a fuck where you guys are at right now. And by making a bucket list together and by making a dream board together, You're learning things about the other person that you didn't know, or you're also learning things that you guys are, you're learning things about each other that you didn't know. Maybe you guys are more in sync than you actually thought. Maybe you guys have been denying how in sync you really are because you've never talked about what it is you want to check off your bucket list. You guys can have bucket lists that you want to do individually and then also make a bucket list of things that you want to do together. It's okay to have moments where you miss each other. That makes the love grow so much deeper. Cook a meal together, learn new dishes together, learn how to make fresh pasta, learn how to make a dessert you've never made before, learn how to make dumplings, sushi, something new, something exciting, something you don't always get to eat or enjoy or say it's something that you only go to this restaurant because you don't know how to make it. Make it at home. It can be so much fun. Cooking together can be a fucking blast. You guys can drink. You don't have to drink. You can make it sexy. You don't have to make it sexy. Like, it's all up to you. 
Picnic dates are always a fun one. Make it elegant. Make it formal. Do it up. Be extra. You can go on a hike first and then have your picnic afterwards, which would be nice because then you can kind of isolate from civilization a little bit. Rather than just going to a park, you can go to a really scenic view. And something about sitting and having a snack and sitting on the grass after you just went through went on a hike, it's it's beautiful. It's resetting. It just kind of lets you sit and appreciate all that's around you and be grateful. You can do a Sunday morning brunch hike. Like the possibilities are endless. You can pack pastries, fruit. Get creative with it. Have fun with it. It doesn't need to be just a normal sandwiches and at a park type of picnic. You can go as big or as little as you want. If you guys have a backyard or if you have access to um, some beaches will have fire pits. If you make your own fire pit in your backyard, it's really simple. You can get bricks and sand. Dig a hole, put the bricks, put sand around so you don't catch anything on fire because the sand will diffuse any of the fire. But you can make a very simple DIY fire pit in your backyard. If you don't have that, go to a beach that has one. Um, get things like s'mores. You can get things like hot dogs. Um, I wish I remembered this name of this cheese, but there's a very specific type of cheese that you can roast over a fire just like marshmallows and it doesn't melt. It just gets melty on the inside, but the outside just turns uh, golden brown. Oh my God. I wish I could remember the name because I am a cheese freak and it is to die for. But moments like this are fun. Sitting around a fire is sexy. Being in the smokiness, you know, just don't take these small moments for granted. There's so many small things that you can do that are fun, inexpensive, and just allow you to sit with each other and enjoy. Fortnights are one of my favorite, favorite, favorite date ideas. You can get little pixie lights to hang up inside your fort. You can light incense outside your fort, not in it because you'll smoke yourself out. But if you light incense outside your fort, then you have the really nice aromas. Get snack foods, pre-plan it, pick out movies that you want to watch, bring the mattress into the living room, bring all of the pillows, all the stuffed animals, all the blankets. Make it big, make it extravagant. I like doing fortnights for a weekend so that way it can stay up for a few days because let's face it, forts are a little bit of work. Who am I kidding? They don't stay up for the weekend. They stay up for like a month if we build a fort. But (laughs) regardless, it's COVID time. So who cares? Your living room can be a mess. Your living room can look like a fort. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a change of pace for you, a change of scenery. And also a change in elegance. You can also build your fort outside. You can get a tent and have an outside camp out. Same thing, do your tea lights. If you have a projector, even better because you can watch movies outside. So many fun things that you can do with this. If you guys don't want to do a fortnight, but you still want to have uh, just like a really fun formal dinner at home, treat it as if you're going to a fancy restaurant. Set up the table with your best china, with your candles, with rose petals. Get really dressed up like you're going to a big, fancy, elegant dinner party. Even if it's just at your home, even better because then you don't have to drive anywhere afterwards. But fully jump into divulging into the elegance of a formal, formal dinner. You can slow dance together. You can really make it something so beautiful. If you guys have been married for a while, recreate your wedding night. Recreate your dinner that you had on your wedding night. Play some of the music that you had playing during your wedding. Slow dance together. Sit on the porch. Look at the stars. There's so many things that we can do at home that bring romance back into the relationship just by doing these small little touches to add to your dinner. 
getting into things that are a little bit more sexy and planned. Um, Pleasure exploration night I had mentioned, but I also want to add in there other things that you can do that are a lot of fun. Snacks, bringing in snacks may sound weird, but licking fruit roll-ups off of another person's body is delicious and so much fun and so sensual, and it makes you have to tap into just feeling the moment slowly. Putting them in places like behind the ears, um, on the inside of the elbow, behind the knee, on your hips, like there's so many small erogenous places that you can put these that just spark sexual moments when you're not actually touching anywhere that's actually genitalia. Don't put the fruit roll-ups in her vagina. Don't put the fruit roll-ups on top of his dick. You will risk getting infection because it's very high sugar. Do it for places that are not like that. Um, Another fun toy for sensation play is pinwheels. Um, for all the little kink bunnies out there, pinwheels, there's also kitty cat claws that you can get. There's so many little things you can get that play with sensation play. Um, if you're having a night where you're just exploring pleasures, get these things you wouldn't normally get. So that way you can see a lot of times you're going to find things that you were, that you're into that you had no idea could turn you on so much. Another one of my favorites is planning a spa night. Spa nights are so underrated and they need to happen more. You guys can sit in the tub across from each other and give each other foot rubs while you're in the tub. If you put a little bit of milk and oils in your bathtub, it turns it into this silky, beautifully smelling like oasis that your bodies are in. It makes the water gorgeous. It just sets the tone for this very sensual experience. Tap into out pampering each other. Talk. Talk, talk, talk some more. The whole point of a spa night is to just get your mentality to relax. Once you get your mentality and your body to relax, your partner is going to relax and the conversations are going to be so much deeper, so much more loving. You're going to tap into places in your partner's mind that you didn't realize you weren't in. That gets me into, now I want to say, I am not promoting drug use. I'm not promoting drug use. I'm not promoting drug use. But there have been times where I have noticed that my relationship is going out the door. And it's not because we don't love each other. It's because we're not conversating the way that we need to. Something is blocking our communication. I'm not promoting drug use, but... There are times where we have gotten Molly, not ecstasy, because I don't like things being cut with other things. So if you have a good connect, it's great. If you don't have a good connect, stay away from this because you don't want to just be randomly buying drugs off the street. If you have access to it, though, the smaller the dose, the better. Microdosing is something that I'm not promoting, but I'm just saying less is more in situations like this. You're promoting conversation with the other individual. You're getting back onto a wavelength together of understanding. You're dropping these exterior masks that you're holding on to for whatever reason. It's allowing your mind to open back up to each other and really figure out where you are with each other. There's been a few times where I've done shroom adventures, but we would do them where we're playing in the forest or things like that. I don't like it. And I didn't know why I didn't like it, so I started doing more research on what journeying through psychedelics actually means. 
And whenever I did these psychedelics, I found that I just wanted to be at home in a quieter space so that way I could think through my thoughts. So I could just literally do just that journey through my mind. So if you notice that your partner is in a depressive dark space, microdosing a little bit of shrooms and holding space for them to just journey through their own thoughts, I wouldn't suggest doing it together because then you're not holding space for them anymore. You're holding space for them, which essentially means that you're taking care of them as they journey. Get them into a meditative state where they are. It's not really so much about communicating while they're journeying. It's more of just holding space so that way they can journey on their own, figure out what's keeping them so low on their own, but in the presence of your love. So all you need to do to hold space for them is meditate on sending them love, sending them love and sending more love. That's your only focus. You don't want to get in the mindset of, well, I want him to realize the way he's been treating me. I want him to see this, 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 or this. No, that's not holding space. That's you holding space for yourself and using them as a pawn to get what you want. Holding space is literally just allowing them to experience in their journey what they need to experience in a place that is safe and loving for them. If those other thoughts are popping into your mind, just redirect it. Nope, I'm just holding space for love for for my partner. When they come out of their journey, they're going to want to communicate to you naturally what they've been going through. And it can be a beautiful experience. I'm not promoting drug use. And then the last one and my personal, personal favorite for planned events. Have a shibari rope night. This is so sexy. I love shibari rope tying because you, while you're, well, you're, first of all, you're learning together. So you're learning how to tie these different types of knots in different ways that make different outfits and fun little things. And there's so many. Make sure you have safety, safety shears so that way no one loses any arms or limbs. Or you don't tie anything too tight and can't get it off. Don't tie each other up at the same time. This is very much a one person is tying someone else. Don't tie yourselves together because then if you get stuck, like, I don't know how to help you. Darwinism at that point, like, please be smart about these things. Um, have safety scissors, watch YouTube videos, but you can learn these fun things together. And then you can have a fun photo shoot afterwards. And what's sexier than creating an outfit for someone, telling them how bomb they look, and then having these beautiful photos to remember your romantic night together. We did this for Valentine's last year, and it was a lot of fun. I honestly thought we weren't going to celebrate Valentine's last year because our relationship was very much on the rocks. And then um, he surprised me and said, I'm going to tie you a shibari dress. I had no idea what that was, but I was all down for it. We had a little bit of wine, and it was a blast. It was such a blast. I had beautiful pictures from it. This can then be turned into a boudoir photo shoot. There's so many ways you can go with it. And you also learn a new skill together. And it's beautiful and it's sexy. Okay, and then the last section that I have for you with the sporadic surprises, these are going to be things that you want to do when you're feeling inspired. You don't want these things to be forced. You want it to be moments that spice each other up. 
but you want to feel inspired when doing them so that way you're in the proper headspace. Scavenger hunts are fucking great. You can make them super sexy. You can make them extravagant. You can make them small. Doesn't matter. You can hide some lingerie in their closet with a little note that says, take me out. Pick out an outfit for me to wear this under. They can pick the date. The ball is now in their court for when they want to take you out. But you, you, you made the first move. And it's something sexy. It makes them excited to plan a date with you. Instead of just saying like, you never take me out anymore. Now it's a motive to take you out. Now it's something fun and exciting to take you out in. And let's face it, like sometimes it's hard to give men hints of something that you need. But if you're making the first move and then telling him exactly what to do, then he feels like he's also partaking in this and he doesn't feel like it was just your idea. He's picking the date. He's picking what you're wearing to the date. You just picked what's fucking sexy underneath. My favorite thing to do is write random sweet notes. You know those moments where you're feeling just overwhelmed with love. They did something sweet for you. Um, say they're not around and you're just home alone. Write it down. Hide it in their pants pocket. Hide it in their sock drawer. Hide it under their computer. Put these random notes in places for them to find whenever the timing is right. There's still times where Patrick will send me a message and he's like, oh my god, I just found this note that you left. I fucking left that note a year ago. A year ago and you're just now finding it. It's like these notes will find you in the moment that they're meant to find you and they'll be that much more beautiful then. Eye-gazing meditations are beautiful. This you could also pair with a Molly date if you wanted, not promoting drug use. But eye meditations are amazing. It connects you with that individual. You have one hand, you have one hand over their heart, they have one hand over your heart. You guys are in a guided meditation where you're just connecting visually. Um, if it's your first time doing it, it's gonna feel awkward and silly at first, and that's okay. But you can do this often. You can do this once every three months. You can have it just be a reconnecting meditation between the two of you that shows you to how much you truly love each other on a spiritual level. Uh, DIY Bordeaux, I touched on that just a little bit with the shibari. This can be something that's pre-planned. This can be something you do with your partner. This can be something you have your friend take photos of you so that way you can then put together a photo album for your partner. I personally think it's the most fun when you choose the outfits that you want to wear and you have your partner take the pictures for you of you. It really shows you what aspects of you are their favorite. And then it also lets them learn what aspects of you are their favorite. And they get to admire you in a whole new light. Don't be shy. You know, no one's going to see these photos but the two of you. So really embrace having fun, being sexy, being silly. Who cares if you have a little bit of stomach that hangs over? Who cares if you have a little bit of cellulite? That's not the point. The point is, is you're showing off the essence of your sexuality. And confidence is sexy. Embracing your beauty is sexy. Embracing your curves and not giving a fuck about the social norms about it, but instead embracing that it is you as a whole individual. It is part of your essence. It's beautiful. And it shows when you allow your partner to be vulnerable in that moment to you, especially if you're someone who is not body confident. Showing your partner that you're confident in taking photos in front of them, it opens a whole new gateway of connection for you. It opens a whole new gateway of vulnerability that you two have now together. 
Uh, this next one I find really sexy. Pick out an outfit for your partner. Fully plan an evening. Don't do it on a day where you know they worked all day, but maybe plan it on a day where you guys know you don't really have anything planned. Pick out an outfit for them. Um, you could even like get up early in the morning, go get your partner some coffee, lay an outfit out that says, I want you to wear this. We're going out at this time. Don't tell them the details. Let them be totally surprised. But you picked out the outfit so they don't need to worry about, okay, well, am I overdressed? Am I underdressed? None of that. Pick out what you want them to wear and completely plan an evening and just sweep them off their feet. If you guys have a Sunday where you guys know that you don't have anything planned, um, redecorate a stale room. Reorganize a room in your home that doesn't get love very often and do it together. Play some fun, fun music. Maybe do some karaoke together. There's so many fun things that you can do with revamping a room in your home. Patrick and I do this basically every time he gets in a funk. He's just like my mom where when times are stressful, moving furniture around gets out that stagnant energy for him. So allow your partner to play with that and be a part of it with them. Plus, you'll probably find that you have a new favorite bedroom now or a new favorite playroom to be in that used to just be a storage room. It's fun reorganizing together. It's fun getting rid of old, old clutter together. Or I guess it can be fun if you make it. Board games where you bet clothing. Board games where you bet sexual favors. Card games where you bet sexual favors. This is always going to be a fun one fondue nights. The best thing about fondue nights is you guys can go grocery shopping together to pick out all of these fun little finger foods. You can do a cheese fondue. You can do a chocolate fondue. Lick cheese off of each other. Lick chocolate off of each other. Go crazy with it. Pair it with a DIY cocktail night. Figure out some sort of new simple syrup that you want to make. Do you guys know how easy it is to make a simple syrup for cocktails? You literally boil water, sugar. If you want to make it flavored, you add in whatever flavors you want. You can do tea flavors. I've done an Earl Grey simple syrup that's amazing before. You can add the simple syrups to cocktails. You can add the simple syrups to Prosecco. You can add the simple syrup to just about anything. And it just creates a whole new fun flavor component that you guys came up with together. You can go through old photos together where you guys just kind of explore the nostalgia of your relationship. Um, There's a lot of programs online where you can make virtual scrapbooks and then they will send you the physical copy of it once it's complete. So you don't have to deal with all of the going to the art store, getting all the crafts, gluing, cutting, pasting. And then if you don't finish the project, well, great, that's going to sit on the shelf for like four months. We're in a world where you can do basically anything and everything online. So take advantage of it. The picture quality is going to be amazing. And it's going to be so fun to look through all of these moments that you guys forgot that you shared together. Life gets so busy and we are moving at 100 miles a minute. We forget to be grateful for the times that we had. Sometimes we lose love because we forget that we had these moments that we don't look at anymore. So don't let those slip away. Embrace it. Sit in the nostalgia together. If you want something extra, extra sexy to do with your partner, lap dances are always a lot of fun and an amazingly sexy and sensual surprise. I would say hype yourself up before doing the lap dance. You don't want to be hopping into it in a awkward mental state. Listen to some music that makes you feel sexy. Put on some perfume that makes you feel sensual. Another really, really fun thing you can do is if you have somewhere where you can hang up a sheet 
and put a light behind, you can do a silhouette style lap dance and surprise them in that way and then turn it into an actual lap dance. There's so many fun ways that you can play with these things. If you wanted to play with the uh, silhouette style lap dance, you can also turn this into a boudoir photography night. And that would be a lot of fun too because you're just playing with shadows and light. It's very, very sexy and it's very, very erotic. If you're a little bit more into kinky type of play, role play is always a lot of fun. You can dive into different types of characters. You guys can pick out characters that you'd like each other to play. You can even have a freaking day where you write out a character, create a new character or an alter ego for your significant other that you want them to be and they create one for you. You guys can have a lot of fun with this. Go to a Halloween store, get wigs. If you don't want to be that crazy, then don't, but just play with personality types. Sex doesn't need to be such a rigid thing, you know? Like you can explore with so many different aspects of loving each other, loving yourself. And just because you are a certain way doesn't mean you need to always be that way. You can tap into a different type of alter ego that lets your mind explore things you didn't know about yourself. And it allows you to also explore perspectives you didn't know about yourself. It's a growing and bonding type of experience. If you try it once and you hate it, fine. If you try it once and you fucking love it and you want to make it a regular thing, fucking great. Like, just have fun with it. Remove all of the structure around things and just treat it as a playful nature type of thing. And then the last thing that I want to add on sporadic surprises, this one I think is almost the most important. Go do things without them. Go do fun, exciting things just for you. Whether it be wine tasting with your friends, whether it be thrift shopping by yourself, go on a little drive by yourself, go find somewhere scenic for you to sit and journal for a little bit. Allow your partner to have time to miss you. This is going to be one of the things that spices up your relationship the most because when you're out exploring your passions, the things that excite you, the things that motivate you, um, the things that inspire you, you're going to bring that energy back into the relationship and now your partner has questions to ask you. They see that you're glowing when you come home and they want to know like, oh, what did you do today? You look like you had a really great day. They want to be a part of that joy in you. They want to be a part of the moments that make you happy. And when we get stuck in our mundane day-to-day -day life, we forget to tap into those little things. We forget that our partners are exciting as individuals, not just as us as a couple. Codependency is not sexy. Codependency is not sexy at all. Having confidence in who you are as an individual to be able to go out and experience life on your own, that's sexy. Your partner is going to see that as like, wow, I picked a really fucking awesome person because they have all this drive. They have all this ambition. And then they bring it home and share it with me. It's a bonding experience. And also when you're out experiencing those moments, um, it reminds you of who you want to share those fun moments with the most. And hopefully it is your partner. And if it's not your partner, find ways to get back in touch with how you can be excited to share those things with your partner again. And the more that you tap into 
the essence of enjoying time alone and then sharing those moments with your partner, the more you're going to have those small intimate moments with each other where things just click and things work well. And you'll notice maybe you're sitting on the t- sitting down watching TV and they randomly come over and give you a foot massage. That's them saying thank you for bringing inspiration into our relationship. That's them recognizing that you're putting in the effort to show them that they love you or that you love them. And so they're going to naturally want to show that back to you. Doing these small things like giving them a beard massage, you know, like sharing your skincare routine with them, brushing their hair, like small things like this are such sweet, tender moments that we forget exist. And they're so important and they're so beautiful and they're what keep us connected. Cool. So that's all I got on different ways to love on your partner, different ways to show them that they're special to you. I promised you guys a story this week for all of you kinky little bunnies, and this one is super exciting. So let's get into it. When I finished my grad program, I decided to celebrate with a massive backpack trip across Central Europe. My job didn't need me to start until fall, so I had the whole summer to run around trying incredible food, sightseeing, and getting hopelessly, wonderfully lost. Some of my friends cycled through joining me for different legs of my journey. So I was never alone for very long, but I was rarely with the same friend for more than two weeks. It was an incredible trip. The only downside was that my then-boyfriend, now-husband, Henry, couldn't make it because he had a new job that wouldn't let him take vacation time in the first couple months. We would Skype over shitty hostile Wi-Fi when we could, but for the most part, we just sent each other disjointed WhatsApp messages intermittently while on vastly different sleep schedules. Although we had been dating for over a year and moved in together shortly before I left, it was still awkward. After having finally ended the long-distance portion of our relationship, it felt weird that I was suddenly jet-setting off to take a vacation while he was stuck at home working a new job in the city where he had moved to be with me. So there was a healthy portion of guilt eating away at me whenever I saw a text from him that had been sent hours prior. This guilt was only compounded by the fact that I was scheduled to be staying in a hotel on a beach in Croatia on his birthday. Henry, for his first part, never once had me feel guilty, but there's no logical basis when it comes to spiraling, thinking that you're being a selfish, shitty girlfriend. The afternoon of Henry's birthday, I checked into the hotel, my hair frizzy and my sunburnt shoulders aching from the weight of my backpack. While the receptionist checked on my room status, I snagged the Wi-Fi information, put it in my headphones, and called my friend Elizabeth, an early riser who was scheduled to arrive at the hotel the next evening to join me in the beachfront leg of my journey. Hey, lady, I smiled when she picked up. You're done packing yet? Hey, Lily, she winced. About that. What happened? Are you okay? I'm totally fine, but work had an emergency. I'm not going to make it. What? I cried before covering my mouth and shrugging down in disappointment when I saw a couple of other patrons who had turned to stare at the loud American. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm sorry. Dude, what am I supposed to do by myself for a week here, I whispered. I know, you'll think of something. I'm sorry, I gotta go. You should call Henry, though. I just talked to him. He's up already? Yeah, I think he's waiting for your call. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, Lil. No, I get it. I just hope you get reimbursed for your tickets. Let me worry about that, she laughed. You just have fun, okay? Yeah, okay. Love you. Love you, too. 
I hung up and took a deep breath. Well, fuck. I told myself to suck it up and not complain to Henry about it on his birthday. But I was not looking forward to spending the next week alone in a country where I didn't speak the language. Elizabeth had been the one to insist on booking this fancy hotel instead of the usual hostel living that I preferred. I could afford the room on my own, but at a hostel, I would have been able to meet other travelers and not spend the whole week alone. Maybe I could make friends at the hotel bar? Nah, they'd think I was just hitting on them. I'd think of something. With one hand, I patted down my hair and swiped away the sweat under my eyes before video calling Henry. He picked up after only one ring. Hey, jet setter, he grinned. My rousing rendition of happy birthday got caught in my throat as his words reached my ear twice on their delay. In the background of the sunlit image was a familiar, frizzy-haired woman with sunburnt shoulders. I whipped around. Henry's broad back was facing me, his shoulders shaking with laughter. Without making the conscious decision to do so, I dropped my phone on my backpack and leapt onto his shoulders, peppering kisses to his cheek as tears of delight filled the corners of my eyes. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, I cried between pecks. He shoved his phone in his pocket and deftly grabbed me with one arm, rotating me around him to hold me face to face. He kissed me deeply, both of us completely forgetting that we were in public. Slowly, he released me to let me stand on the tile floors on my own two feet. How long have you guys been planning this? I asked incredentiously. My arms wrapped around his waist and my cheek pressing against his chest. About a month. A month? Did Elizabeth even buy her ticket? Which one of you initiated this? How did you get the time off work? I might be the bottom of the ladder, but they're not monsters. They let me take a week off unpaid. I get you for a week? When did you get here? Do you have your return ticket already? Wait, I have to change the room to a double bed instead of two singles. He laughed and squeezed me tighter. It's all taken care of, and you need to chill the fuck out. In the history of your life, has telling women, especially me, to chill out ever worked for you? I keep holding out hope. I smiled at him and kissed him again softly. Happy birthday, I whispered. Henry's dark brown eyes met mine, and I knew we were thinking the same thing. I released him and turned to the receptionist, blushing madly at just how public our display of affection had been. Is the room ready? I asked in an intentionally measured voice. Not even ten minutes later, Henry and I were alone in the hotel room, a beachfront suite that his parents had shelled out for his birthday present, or so he told me in the elevator on the way up. The moment the door clicked shut behind us, his mouth was on mine. My fingers clutched his shirt, our bodies pressed together, his hands wandering from cupping the back of my neck to my waist to my ass. I broke the kiss as I felt his erection stir against my stomach. I haven't showered in a while, I admitted. That's hot, he teased, his mouth traveling up my jaw and down my neck. I giggled and squirmed away from his lips. I also haven't shaved since I left. Anywhere. <laughs> he grabbed my shirt hem and lifted the fabric up and off and over. Even hotter, he laughed, reaching for me again. I put a hand on his chest to stop him. You smell like airplane, and I'm covered with at least three different kinds of grime. We're showering first. He was hot on my heels into the bathroom. Our quick battle over the handle ended with my concession acknowledging both his status as the birthday boy and the logic of taking a cold shower when we were both been baking in the heat. Over the next several minutes, we washed each other slowly. The floral-scented hotel soap filled the small bathroom with its aroma. I was in heaven. 
His strong fingers massaged my scalp as the final suds of the conditioner circled the drain. I leaned my head back against his chest and sighed contently. His hands traveled down my body until one arm was wrapped around my chest and the other around my stomach, my own hands wandering up his body behind me, my left hand holding his thigh and my right hand reaching up to grab the back of his neck. He tucked his face into my neck and swayed us gently back and forth, humming contently against my wet skin, arousal built in my lower stomach, sensing my shift from romance to sexual. The arm wrapped around my chest slid gently until one of his large hands was squeezing my breasts together, his palm and his fingertips pinching my nipples slightly. My legs buckled, but he held me firm. I've missed you so much, he whispered, pressing hot kisses against my neck. His other hand slid down to cut my pussy firmly. I pressed my weight against his fingers. I need you, I panted quietly. His middle finger slid between my pussy lips, the pad of his fingertip expertly circling my aching clit. The moan that escaped from my lips echoed in my ears, my left hand snaking up his thigh to grab his hardened cock, my frantic movements jerking him roughly as my desperation became apparent. Henry laughed softly in my ear. You aren't going to let me take it slow, are you? He murmured, his lips tickling me. I shook my head and turned in his arms to face him, one hand still tugging his cock and enjoying the weight of it in my hand. I want to go fast, I laughed in my best Talladega Nights impression. He roared with laughter, his head tilted back as he gently circled my wrist with his hand and stopped my movements. He put on a southern accent and played along. Well, you better head to the bed, little filly, if you ain't first, you last. With a sharp smack to my ass, eliciting a yelp. He turned off the shower and handed me a towel. I threw it back at his face and ran into the bedroom. Is that how it is, he called from the bathroom. I laughed and leapt onto the bed, ignoring his groan of protest. Rivlets of water flowed onto the bedspread from my skin, my hair soaking the pillow as I starfished face down. Henry's heavy footsteps followed me in. He slowed down as he neared the bed. His fingers brushed against my ankles before his palms gradually slid up my legs until he reached my ass. I moaned softly as he massaged my cheeks. My ass arched almost involuntarily. Without warning, his hands spread me and his face buried into me from behind. His tongue pushed into my warm cunt and lapped at me as if I were the juiciest fruit on earth. Oh, fuck, I cried. My fingers scratching at the bedspread. Henry. He pulled me up to my knees and buried his face deeper in me, his tongue flicking against my clit and his nose pressing into my pussy. One of his hands smacking my ass roughly. Again, I demanded. Sharp blows landed against my cheeks again and again the stinging sending shockwaves through to my core. My moans became more frequent and higher pitched. Not once did his tongue miss a beat. It's relentless, licking and swirling, drawing shallow gas from my lungs. With a final harsh lick, he stood upright. I'm going to fuck you now, he informed me. And it isn't going to be gentle. It better not be, I teased, looking over my shoulder at him, wiggling my ass jokingly. He grinned and climbed up on the bed behind me. Don't test me, woman, he warned, sliding the tip of his cock up and down my drenched pussy. I felt Henry line up the tip of his erection against my entrance. 
and I pushed back against him slowly. We moaned in unison as he slid easily inside. After months of missing him, my body was more than ready to accommodate his cog. He held his breath and docked himself deep inside me. My torso slid forward to press against the bed as I exhaled on another moan. My back arched and my ass displayed for him. He paused for a moment. His hands tightened around my hips, his fingers digging into my skin as we both adjusted. Fuck, I had missed this. I had missed him. Oh, so slowly, Henry dragged his cock out of me, my teeth biting down on the pillow. Without warning, he slammed back into me. Fuck, I cried. He laughed and spanked me again before grabbing onto my hips. Too much? he asked, teasingly, knowing the answer. Not enough, I challenged back at him. Immediately, he set a punishing pace. The headboard slammed against the wall as he pounded me from behind. I let out quiet yelps of pleasure with every pump, my body sinking even more into the bed. Henry slid his hands up my body until they reached my shoulders. He leaned down and whispered in my ear, Think you can take more? A garbled moan of assent bubbled up from my throat. I laughed and placed his hands on the bed on either side of my shoulders as he fucked me harder, each thrust sending shockwaves of pleasure up my body. I buried my face into the pillow and screamed softly, Don't stop, was my muffled cry. Even with the air conditioning and the cold shower, sweat dripped down our bodies. One of my hands grabbed onto his forearm as the other slid between my body and the bed to rub my clit. Are you going to come for me now? He breathed in my ear. Please don't stop, I begged. Desperation evident in my voice without a hint of embarrassment. Pleasure built and built in my lower stomach, the muscles in my upper thighs and arms tingling as I felt my orgasm grow. My fingertips rubbed my clit harshly. He bit down on my shoulder, the pain sending me over the edge. I screamed his name into the pillow as my body shook. That's a good girl, he whispered in my ear, his hot breath tickling my neck. He kept pumping into me, prolonging my orgasm until it slowly evaporated into a dull, full-body pleasure. Henry, I whimpered, my breathing nowhere close to normal. Please, I need you to come. Can you get on top? Ugh, I hate cowgirl. But it was his birthday. Of course, I chirped, determined to please him. He kissed my back as he rolled off of me, his hands huffily grabbing my forearm to pull me upright while he settled into a seated position against the headboard. We laughed as my shaky legs gave out slightly. Careful not to land a knee somewhere it shouldn't go, I straddled him and wrapped my arms around his neck. Our lips met softly. Henry angled the tip of his cock against my pussy. Take your time, he whispered. Biting my lip and meeting his gaze, I slowly sank down on his cock. Just like that, I moaned, his head leaning back. One of my hands grabbed his jaw and forced him to look at me. My lips crashed against his as I oh so slowly lifted and lowered myself once. I kissed him deeply for a long moment before leaving a trail of kisses up his sharp jawline to his ear. Tell me what you want, I moaned softly. Henry's hands palmed my ass to help me set a painfully slow pace, my pussy gripping his cock as I dragged myself up and down his erection. Fuck, he groaned. I want to come inside you. You want to come in my pussy, I whispered, my lips brushing against his ear. Or do you want me to finish you off in my mouth? It's your birthday. I squeezed his cock with a kegel as I asked. He let out a moan. 
his fingers dipping into my ass to pull himself deeper inside me. You keep doing that and it's not going to be a conscious decision, he laughed. We rocked against each other slowly, my forehead pressing against his neck as my cheek rested on his shoulder. One of my hands played with the soft hairs on the back of his head, the other sliding down between us to circle my clit just as slowly as our torturous pace. He sighed contentedly. Fuck, I needed this, he murmured, his hands leaving my ass to slide down my upper thighs. I missed you so much, I whispered. You didn't forget my existence while you were off gallivanting with Europeans. Fuck Europeans, I kicked, leaning up to look at him in the eye. I got my fill of them in college. Our pace began to gradually pick up speed as we joked around. Please don't talk about your past conquests while my dick is inside of you, he laughed. Why are you getting a little insecure? You also don't have to use the word little when I'm naked. Why are you getting massively throbbingly insecure? He smirked and placed his feet flat on the bed so he could begin thrusting up to meet my movements. Massive, huh? One of the biggest insecurities I've ever seen. Definitely the best one. My favorite insecurity. It got harder to deal with since you've been gone. You've always known how to handle it. Soft gas spilled from my lips, matched by Henry's quiet groans. He slapped one of my ass cheeks and pumped into me harder. I tried to make another quip, but it got caught in my throat as my body flushed with pleasure, my skin burning up and my fingers rubbing my clit harder and harder. We locked eyes. Fuck, Lily, he moaned. I'm so close, I whispered. What do you need? Can you get back on top? Without hesitation, he wrapped one arm around my waist and flipped us so I was on my back sideways on the bed. I squeaked in surprise. Henry hooked his arms under my shoulders and pounded into me. Oh, fuck. Harder, please, I cried. He compiled our bodies, slapping together loudly as the bed cracked in unison. Harder. Oh my god, I sobbed. Fuck, he called out. His own orgasm approaching. I'm almost there. Please come for me, Lily. I need you to come. His pleading sent me over that edge. I kissed him roughly, letting out a muffled scream of release against his lips as my pussy tightened around his cock in sharp waves. Henry's loud moan drowned out my cries of pleasure and I felt warm ropes of cum flood my cunt. He docked himself inside me as his cock pulsed gently. Our bodies stilled. We kissed slowly, lazily, as our heartbeats gradually slowed. With a final peck, he looked down at me and smiled, his dark eyes shining with happiness and his tan skin still flushed. Bet you weren't expecting that when you got here today, he laughed, rolling off me to flop on the bed. There was a brief pause, and then the bed collapsed under us, the side of the mattress holding our heads suddenly sinking about a foot. A scream of surprise reverberated around the room, and at first I thought it might have come from me, but then I realized my jaw was clenched from the shock. Henry and I locked eyes, not a fucking word, he warned, half laughing at himself. It didn't happen. Did you just scream and break the fucking bed? No, that was you. Both of them. Interesting, because I was on top for like a minute, and it was pretty gentle. Okay, but you were the one begging to go harder. I wasn't begging. Henry imitated my high-pitched cries of pleasure. Harder, Henry, harder. Fuck my little pussy with your fat dick. I do not sound like that. I would never say that. I laughed, smacking him softly on the chest. With some difficulty, he got up from the ruined bed and hopped out of reach continuing his ridiculous impression. I'm Lily, and I like to be spanked because I'm a naughty girl who enjoys being dominated. You like spanking me just as much as I like being spanked. I huffed, struggling to get upright. 
He grabbed me and lifted me to my feet. We wrestled gently for a moment before I caught a glimpse of how bad the bed looked. Holy shit, what did we do? I laughed. Are you going to have to pay for a new bed? They'll probably just give us a new room and charge us for both rooms for one night. Didn't your parents pay for this room? One of us will need to find a way to explain this to them. We locked eyes and immediately reached for our noses. Not it. All right, my loves, that is it for this week. I hope you enjoyed our kinky bunny story of the week. That is going to be the new title of it. Fuck lusty stories. Fuck trying to pick out a cute name. All of you are kinky little bunnies, and I love reading the stories that you have for very erotic, sensual, sexy moments that you experience. And that is it. That's all I got for you. I don't know what we're going to talk about next week, but it will definitely be something exciting. Don't forget to check out the Pinterest board. I got all the Shibari videos on there. I got a ton of date idea videos on there. Some things that I didn't even talk about in the episode because honestly, we could go on and on and on with all the different cute freaking things you can do to make people feel special in your life. Don't dread Valentine's Day. It's just a Hallmark holiday. Make your loved ones feel loved year round. They're worth it and you're worth it. And I feel like as long as you're on this cycle of wanting to make people feel good, not being a people pleaser, but spending moments to make people feel good just out of appreciation for them, it's going to be reciprocated. Don't treat the situations like you need to be getting something back, but naturally it's going to be coming back to you. And this is how you're going to be building your sexual energy. This is how you're going to be manifesting into your life things that you want, things that are on higher vibrations, things that you're attracted to, things that your soul needs in your life. So don't be afraid to be a little promiscuous. Don't be afraid to be a little scandalous, but make sure you're always doing it um, from a place of love and from a place of self-love, most importantly. And don't ever get yourself into situations that you're not able to get yourself out of. If you have that gut feeling, listen to it. Don't let anyone manipulate you on a first date. Don't make any, don't let anyone ever make you feel like you're not worthy or you're not good enough or that, you know, Love will never come your way for whatever reason. You are so worthy of love and don't let any of these pieces of shit who are around you tell you that you're not worthy of love. Redirect the narrative for your life because you're in charge. You set the tone. I love you guys. We'll talk next week.